What's up, what's up, Ramley? Get them horns up. We appreciate you for tuning in to the We Not Me podcast. And as usual, I'm Jay, alongside Drew here. Yo, yo. And we're your hosts for uh, news related to the Los Angeles Rams from a fan's perspective. And uh, happy uh, happy NFL New Year. Uh, there was a lot going on. Um Prior to even the new year even starting, once the legal tampering uh, period started, everybody was making phone calls left and right, and um, I think we're to blame for that. (laughs) Don't you agree? I think so, too. I think teams saw what we did last year, what we achieved, and they're almost not afraid anymore to go all in on one year or to pay people to bring them in. They're not worried about the locker room. Like they were, you know, when we signed everyone, they're saying, oh, look, it's another dream team, yada, yada. You know, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to fall apart. And how quickly they forgot that that can happen if you don't have the success. Well, winning cures all, unfortunately, yes. when it comes to uh, sports and the inner, or the um, entertainment value of it, as well and, as uh, the spectatorship of it. If you're losing, no one gives a crap about your team, so... I, and you're talking about yeah, you're winning. talking about everybody saying dream teams don't work, and all of a sudden we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, McVay creates winning. You know, they're trying to emulate us, find the next McVay. Now they're trying to find the what are they the next Sneed? <laughs> you know, they're they're trying to just throw money out there, strike lightning in a bottle, and these teams are going to realize when it's not going well, there's a reason why these people are available. Yep, because. I, I kind of said the same for the Raiders as well as the Browns. I mean, the Browns are in a better in a better position than the Raiders with who they have. Because, I mean, with Antonio Brown, he's going backwards at least um, uh, winning wise. Oh, just just winning wise. I mean, the, yeah. the Steelers were almost guaranteed to be making the playoffs every year, and they were starting to slip up a little bit. But yeah. I mean, with his outburst. Losing doesn't help that. And then now you're going to a Raider team with a coach who will probably square up with you and fight you on the field if you're going to lash out with him. Uh, I don't even know what practices are even going to be like with those two. And um, if the adv- like, what what's the adversity even going to look like once it hits them? Or how, or how are they going to respond to that? And I, I hope Chucky's learned a lot since his days in Tampa because – you remember when they had Keyshawn Johnson over there in Tampa. Yeah, it's going to be that all over yeah, again. They couldn't even keep on the same page. I think Keyshawn was deactivated, deactivated the last six weeks mm-hmm. of the t- 2003 season because they didn't get along and he just wanted to leave. So hopefully he's learned a lot. I mean, that was a long time ago, like I said, the 2003 season. But old habits die hard. And, and I think Antonio Brown's going to have to stay in his lane as far as if Chucky tells you to run this route, he doesn't want you to have an opinion and say, I think this one's better. He wants you to say, yes, sir. Thank you, coach. Well, we won't really see all of that until possibly OTAs or the, um, or preseason if he wants to see how they work. I didn't even realize if uh, Chucky even played anybody. Did Derek Carr even play when they played against us last year? In the preseason, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Derek Carr played the series or not, but until then, um, we really won't know how that 
how that connection actually is. And uh, I mean, a lot can happen from here until then. Um, aside from that, uh, Brown's making moves and I like Jets their moves. Just, I, I love their moves as well. I mean, get on the bandwagon. I don't care. <laughs> just look, if look. you want an AFC counterpart, there's your AFC counterpart. Look, the the Browns and the Jets are kind of like me and you. Like the Browns are making reserve moves. They're very thoughtful. They're for the future. That they, they are upgrading where they need upgrades. And, they're not uh, pan. They're not panicking, panicking because they're building they're, blocks. It it can go south, but why why tamper with something that you've yeah. already um, established uh, the year before? Mm-hmm. Mid season uh, coach boot. And then, I mean, it sucks to see Greg uh, get the boot like that, and we'll really have to see if Freddie Kitchens got it to to work all of that. Yeah. And I hope that defense can hold. Well, you know, they're momentum wise, there's the Browns are the opposite of us coming off of uh, Goff's first year, right? Mm-hmm. We inserted Goff and never won again. They inserted uh, Baker Baker, and they won on a tear, it seemed like. right? They didn't win every game, but they were close. They were fighting the battle. So they got momentum coming in. They replaced, like, Cream Hunt's going to come in the last half. If if they need that little umph, that little boost, they They might be able to. And then the Jets, like I said, they compared to me. It's like, I got money. Oh, we spent yeah, it. They, yeah, they're, man, they spent money. Like, they like, they had it. They have it. Uh, look, what was it? What did they have, 107? Look, the Jets, the type of organization to go spend 80 grand on a on a 75-inch TV because they're 73 inches smaller. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they, well, they're... It may, bite them. That, it may bite them in the end. It may it, not. We, it depends on how they're structured. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't followed that team to know how they play. But the one thing that kind of just made me made me really, really confused is besides the fact that I think the Raiders were like 100 and, 102 in cap. They're, yeah. They're 102 in cap. And then they were third. Jets were... Uh, the Jets were second, with like Colts. 107, and the Colts haven't done anything. Oh, you didn't see that great receiver they signed to a one-year, ten million dollar deal? They can go up to thirteen million. They signed the great Devin Funches. <laughs> what? To a one-year, ten million dollar deal with escalators to go up to the thirteen. I mean, <laughs> okay, technically, right now. They can grab all the scraps. So all of them. Yeah, they could grab all the scraps if they really wanted to do that and pair that defense with everybody that's available right now. So yeah. like if you think uh what is um what's the last people on the uh on the market as of right now? Sue. Um, Sue's the one that really sticks out. He but he's not in table scraps. Well, no, but I mean, everybody just went for the buffet before the buffet even opened. Well, it's like people, were, were, play, people were placing their orders before yeah. the doors even opened, and you—it's literally like you had a little crack in the window. 
And one of the waiters was just getting everybody's order and stuff before the door even opened. So the people were showing up on time. Oh, they had that online order? Yeah, it, you're you're getting the scraps after uh, you had like a uh, like a digital fire sale or something like that. But yeah. everybody was buying everything overpriced rather than on sale. Well, yeah, I mean, just the money. Landon Collins got paid how eighty four million, and then the the I know one of them was a trade, but the Niners gave out. What a eighty-seven million dollar contract, and then another fifty-four million dollar contract. Like that's crazy. And the safety market—it's been a lot um, nicer to safeties than last year. So yeah, you're talking about all these people available as of right now that haven't even been picked up. If the Colts really want to do that, but you don't want want to pick up too many people and end up turning into the Cardinals. No, but if they want to really build that defense. And they got the cap room for it. They could grab Sue and Ezekiel Ansa. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, um, I don't, I really don't know how good that defense is. Defense is besides their middle linebacker who just stood out. That rookie. Mm-hmm. And I believe he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. So they they can really make some moves after everybody panicked and over overpaid all these people and. They can block us and the Patriots for getting people that we we might want for that bargain deal, and yeah. then just up it by a couple of mil. They got the room for it, so it might be a smart move on their end for doing this. But I mean, well, you're gonna win now or what? Yeah, and you know, the NFL has a cap floor. You have to spend so much money every year or you will get fined. That was in the last CBA. They put that in because a team like uh, Tampa Bay, for instance, they were always just spending the minimum, not caring, not paying anybody. They were just trying to make as much money as possible. Well, now they have the cap floor, and the Colts better do something because I don't know if they're in that cap, if they've surpassed the cap floor. Well, they got people now, they can pay as of right now. Like, I mean, I'm all for, um, like, I mean, we already went over uh, the departing, um, uh, the departing free agents um, uh, from our squad, and they're available as of right now, but, I mean. Not anymore, right? Uh. Are you talking about Littleton and Yeah, the, the people that yeah, the um the people we have tenders on. They can okay. pick them up as well. So uh they they can spend money on whoever it is or whoever, I mean just uh just to be a jerk about it. Somebody rolls up in New England and, and having like a um uh an interview with them and you just call <laughs> them up just to ask how much they offer you. Man, eh, we'll up it by 2 mil. Don't go there. <laughs> you, could, you could do that unless they sign right then and there. Yeah. Yeah, you you can. Um, you know, all that cap space, you think they'll try to uh, pull the great uh, David Irving out of retirement? <laughs> go <laughs> <The> de-tackle. <laughs> or uh, go convince um, Vontae Davis to come back? Uh, nah. 
I think he done. There's a lot of um. I'm just looking at the top 100 uh, free agents. There's a lot of bargain stuff going on. Like even uh. Remember when Muhammad Wilkerson was seen as one of the top D tackles in the league? He's a free agent, and no one even. Oh, mm. I haven't heard nothing about him. But it's because the Jets gave him that massive deal, and then he went to to crap. Yeah, and then you, yeah, you got situations like that. I mean, like Malik Jackson probably wouldn't have gotten any more than he's got from the uh, Eagles due to yeah. his value of being a rotation person, probably right behind um, uh, Fletcher Cox. So that that's gonna yeah. hurt whoever guarding Fletcher Cox, and you're just gonna get a fresh Malik Jackson. That's and gonna hurt him a lot. Once you get once Malik is tired, you're going to get a fresh Flecker, uh, Fletcher Cox. So uh, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> no. And it's an upgrade because they're going from Timmy Jerrigan to Malik. Yeah. Speaking of Timmy Jerrigan, he's not signed. You know, he's only 26 years old, man. But he might try to get some guap. And he's Gold. coming off of, he's coming <laughs> off of back surgery. He is coming off of a back surgery. So um, he played the last three games. He played well. But, yeah, the Colts. I, see, if the Colts wanted to run out, like I said, grab Sue, Jerrigan, and, um, shoot, maybe even Shaquille Barrett, they could really. Barron as well, if they really want to do that. You're in the dome. Yeah, bad news, Barron. I'm going to miss him, but yeah. just because I used to, when you get that big hit, I see I'm afraid I've got some Bad news. Yeah, it's stuck. But uh, uh, aside from everybody that's available right now, we we got to talk about these people that just got paid. Like our peoples. Well, uh, yeah, used to was. Yeah, we we talk about our peoples that uh, that got paid, and one of them, I mean, we already really know about it is um, Lamarcus Joyner. I eh. he just wants to hit people. That's how I feel. That's how I felt about him when he was with us in uh, in St. Louis and Los Angeles. It just seemed to me like he really wanted that free safety spot, but he couldn't take it because of McLeod. And Fisher just thought, I'm going to make him the nickel corner, and he just going to have to like it. And then I think Janoris got hurt, and they put him out there, and he was just an absolute liability. And I think he was doing it on purpose so he can get back into the slot. Yeah, or into the safety. Or into the safety, but even then he couldn't get to that spot because Barron, that was when we had had McLeod and TJ McDonald. And then we had Barron, but I don't remember when Barron moved down. Was that 2015 when he finally moved down to um, uh, to linebacker? Did he ever play safety for us? Yeah, he did. I thought we put him straight to linebacker because we traded for him midseason, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe he just – the beginning of the next season was when he played linebacker. Yeah, because uh, when McLeod took off, we had uh, McDonald and um, and Barron. Barron moved in, so we put out uh, um, we put out a, uh, Maurice Alexander, and that didn't work, and we finally – it, it took Wade to put him at safety and was like, why, why didn't they do this? And he played great. Yeah. 
His and first then just went there? down, and then just went downhill because he was playing off of somebody that you can't. You, you, it's hard really to say. Like he, um, Eric Berry can play off of uh, Peters well. He covers his, he masks his mistakes. Yeah, so he knows where Peters is showing his mistakes or where it's gonna happen, and and can capitalize on that. Joiner couldn't. He wasn't really that type of. Uh, he wasn't the coverage guy. He just wants to hit people and go home, like you said. Yeah, just, just wanted to hit people. And I mean, aside from the uh, obvious interceptions that he caught, which Oof. were pop fly balls, I don't, I don't understand how you can get two interceptions against Palmer when he gets cracked uh, back over in London um, two years ago, and gets the pop fly then. Or Gabbert tried to throw on the run like fifty yards down the field, and it just to went begin straight the through. game, right? But in the NFC Championship, you got a pop fly ball. And you don't know where Ted Ginn is, and you don't even jump? Not even that. When you see him, yeah, you just kind of go and put your hands up like you're afraid of. He was falling. He thought he was alone. Like, he thought he was alone, and the ball was just going to fall into his hands. And Ginn just pops up out of nowhere. He probably never took it, took his eyes off the ball. The only benefit of the doubt I can give him for that is, if you're looking up in the middle of a black stadium, and all you see are the lights, and you know where that that dark brown ball is and where it's coming. I can guarantee you, if you take your eyes off of it just to find out where a receiver is, you're probably yeah, not finding you're, the ball you'll again. never find it again. <laughs> and yeah. You're going to have to hack. And if you hack, it's even worse. Yeah, but it's, it's the, the problem is, is he's, you can't let him catch. I know all the variables, but you want to be paid. There's, there's two, Results of that play that are acceptable. An interception or a batted down pass. And he let him get the catch. So yeah. I, at that point, it was like, he's gone. He's yeah, gone. Yeah, he, he was gone. And he probably he probably even knew it himself. He was like, that catch probably just cost me an extra like 10 mil a year. And the Raiders gave him 40 million. Yeah, he probably, four. look, if, we, if he were to pick that off and end of the game. We went down the field and probably got a touchdown or uh, a field goal to win that game off of that rather than John Johnson's interception uh, uh, in overtime um, and due to Coleman's. Fowler. That, that just wasn't a regular pick. That was that was due to Fowler. That was hitting, Fowler, uh, the one guy we retained. Um, he probably gets like, like Landon Collins money maybe. You think so as mm. – or I'll go know maybe what? a honey I, no. badger. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Tyron Matthew. Rather than the amount up, I'd say you knock a year out and keep yes. the same price. Yep. And then you know, Landing Collins is only twenty five. So I don't know when the last time we saw a, a safety that young hit the market like that. Yeah, and Joiner's twenty eight. So yeah. I mean, the the only concerning thing that like you brought to my attention about it is uh, apparently the Raiders are going to want him at the uh, the the nickel corner spot. Yeah, they want to move him around, uh, play a lot of nickel, play a lot of uh, safety. I'm uh, I'm blanking on the name of their free safety, but the their free safety from last year wasn't bad. Mm-mm. He was actually pr- pretty pretty good um so, so unless he's like that him. unless they have him as like that that joker that nickel linebacker so it's Michael. like you, you don't want that mismatch where you have a linebacker there but he's going up against a slot receiver 
and he's not fast enough to keep up with them. But you know, if they run, it's over. But you don't want to be caught in nickel where there's a slot receiver and whoever you got there could probably get end up getting blocked by him and and more than likely that slot uh that slot cornerback can't tackle so you got a better chance of trying to run so if you got a joiner right there for that you can play nickel with um with some type of run support cuz he will knock a running back on their butt now the good thing about what the raiders did is they can cut him after this next season with zero dead cap space. It's it's essentially a one year, sixteen million dollar prove it deal. And if he plays well, he can and keep they going. well if they pick it up, then escalators come in, and then they have one out on the contract after the two thousand nineteen season. Yeah, because I was gonna say. So we're gonna find out because if they they plan on heavily playing him in the nickel. We're going to find out if he was trying to play or not when he was there. Yeah. Because <laughs> if he goes and plays great in the nickel next year, then we know. Yeah, because he, uh, he was guaranteed with his um, four-year, $42 million contract with the Raiders, he's guaranteed uh, 21.3 mil. Yeah, but only 16.7 or whatever it is is fully guaranteed at signing. Yep. So the other escalators come in later. Probably um, roster bonuses and whatnot. Um, aside, so I wanted to, well, yeah. Aside aside from uh, Joiner taking off, I mean the other uh, the other departed that we got or departing um, ran from our squad that got signed is um, I think is he the longest tenured Ram? Yeah, since the Spagnolo era. So what what was um we drafted Roger Saffold in the second round the year we took Sam Bradford. We went quarterback number 1 overall, second round left tackle. And when did Brockers come up? Brockers was Jeff Fisher's first pick um what, 2 years later, 3 years later. Yep, he's the only second one off the board as of right now that uh he got paid. He got he got some money. I mean, there was um, you were gonna get into that uh, of a situation that happened uh, earlier throughout his career where he ended up coming back to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. So he initially he was gonna leave and go to Oakland, but there was a lot of outcry. But the fans weren't happy with uh, the Raiders for getting rid of their left tackle. I forget Valdir. Was their left tackle at the time? Mm-hmm. They wanted him over Saffold because, as great as Saffold's been at guard, he was a left tackle. And um, after he signed, they knew about the 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 back injury. I think it was a or shoulder, the shoulder injury. Yeah, he they, was battling with that a lot. Yeah, and that was, was uh, that was because he was playing tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because he played everything except for uh, center. Yep. And I wouldn't even doubt if he he played a little bit of center for us, but he went from left tackle to right tackle. Um, you know, Jason Smith was such a bust that we had to move him around all over the place, and no one knew really what to do with him. Yeah. But whatever happened with that, whether it was um, they were setting him up or the the public outcry, or maybe they really didn't know about the uh, physical, but. Everyone knew about that physical. He ends up uh, 
kind of the worst thing for him was kind of had to put his pride away and come back to at the time St. Louis. And um, I know that looking back, it's the best decision he ever made. He made a Super Bowl. He wasn't doing that in Oakland. No, not. He probably had been retired by now, or at least uh, probably been on like cut two other, and two just other, two other teams. Yeah, and it it feels good to see him get paid like that, even as a guard, because that's why tackles don't want to play guard. They don't get paid. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's nice for him to to get a four year, forty four million dollar contract at, at guard. Um, you know, with Lamarcus leaving, uh, how we were saying like it was time to go. Bye. Uh, Saffold's the guy we all wanted to keep, but we understood, and he was willing to take a hometown discount. But we rather him get paid. Yeah, and, you and away from our conference. Yeah, and away from our division. And you can't then, expect him to take six million instead of eleven. I mean, yeah. at what point is it no longer a hometown discount? It's just stupidity. Yeah. So did everybody kind of understood? I, I I knew I knew going into the uh, off season we were possibly going to lose a center and and uh, someone else. On, we were going to lose two people on that line. Yeah, we cut solely. And we cut Sullivan, and Saffold was the one to leave. We all thought it was going to be Whitworth retiring because, I mean, how, at, what is he, 38, 38, 37? I think he's 37. At 37, that grind to the Super Bowl, just to be there and be that close, all – all, all you needed was one offensive series into the end zone to blow that game wide open and at least get some type of momentum to, to win that thing. Because even yeah. if, honestly, if we won it, he's gone. Yeah, I would imagine. He... So yeah. I, yeah. I would have thought it had been Whitworth over uh, Roger Saffold um, wanting to get paid, but. It, it, Honestly, if we were to want it, um, that what do you have? Sixteen mil or seventeen? What with? Yeah, that would have opened up uh, possibly to to pay him. I think what with is um, thirteen a year. I think it was uh, three years for thirty nine million. Okay. So I mean, yeah, it was. We could have paid Saffold and had another two million dollars. But I'd rather have Whitworth than Saffold. Because we have, well, Noteboom is more likely than not going to step in for either whoever. Oh, we have a clear succession plan. Yeah, um, but I'd I'd rather have the young guy playing guard than left tackle. I mean. The translation um, of what Brian Allen and Noteboom have been following is, I hope it's seamless. We won't know that until they get out there on the field in a – actual game that means something where you got to string together um, good blocking schemes and wins rather than just a couple of series with like a cupcake team at the end of the season or a preseason game. Or even if it's a good season or a good team, you know, you're coming in at the end where they're tired. We're going to need no boom to go for 60 minutes. Yep. Um, Southfield, though, uh, very classy in his departure. 
I made sure to tweet him and tell him thank you because, like I said, a lot of people forget, man, he's from the Spagnolo regime. Yep. We drafted him in the second round of the 2010 NFL draft. So he saw his rookie year, he saw us go 7-9, and nine, and then, what, straight back to 2-14? and 14, And then the fisherman years? Yeah, it's well, it's well deserved, man. I, yeah. I I really feel like he he got all he he got all he needed, and he and he deserves this from the Titans. Now, fingers crossed, it does it doesn't go it doesn't go to absolute crap. But the Titans do have something that's a little bit intriguing to me. They just paid they they got two top paid linemen. They just paid somebody last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know his name. It, was he a tackle or a guard? I think it was a tackle. He's the high. He is currently still the highest paid. Um, no, no the he's Ra- not. The Raiders, the Raiders just, just paid the um, yeah the, the, Patriots, the Patriots tackle. <sighs> well, we'll we, we will have that problem. We will start to have that problem where where our shiny or. Um, Shining departing free agents are going to get overpaid, and we're just going to look like. I hope it works out, because <laughs> there's no, there's nothing more rewarding than being with a team, getting a couple of rings, staying healthy, leaving that team, and then just getting paid up the wazoo by somebody that thinks that you're. You being a piece from that full culture is going to help enough. them win. Is enough to push it, them over the top. Yeah, and football is a team sport. It, it's the coach. It's really the coach and the staff around it. Everyone's got to believe that they're winners. Not just some one person from a winning team, but no one wants to learn that. No. Not yet, yeah. at least, because it, it's... I don't even know what the NFL would look like if everybody followed that. If everybody just said, screw it, and started copying Belichick. Well, they tried. They just... You can't. Yeah, what makes Belichick unique is being able to go, would he trade a fourth or a fifth for Trent Brown last year? Yeah. And then help him, have him help you win the Super Bowl, let him walk, become the highest paid, and then... Now you're gonna get a third round comp pick. He's the only type of person that could do some stuff like that. And then, just like there's no other there, there's no there's no other McVeigh. People are trying to find the next McVeigh, McVeigh. but you can't find that. Just like people probably tried to look for the next the the next Belichick with all of his um, I wouldn't say proteges, but underlings. You're not going to get a Belichick from his offensive coordinator. You're not going to get a Belichick from his linebacker's coach. I, Flores, I don't know. That that one's a little bit unique to me because I've never seen him endorse somebody like that. Yeah. Same thing with Matt Patricia and then Josh Daniels. And then Josh Daniels just stuck around like a crazy person. Josh Daniels, he burnt his bridges, that's why. Yeah. Well, yeah, no one's... Three first-round picks and takes Timothy Tebow. Yeah, so... You're not, you're not going to find the next Belichick. You might miss those days of just a, a stout dynasty like that. And, I mean, yeah, 
<laughs> if they if they leave and the Browns actually win the Super Bowl because <laughs> the gatekeeper is gone and you just start switching Super Bowls every like two years and you, it almost becomes a myth if anybody can make it back like two yeah, to three times. Yeah, wouldn't that? Yeah, that'd be something. It, yeah. I would. Until we see the second coming of uh, Belichick or we get like a... um, You mean McVeigh? McVeigh, yeah. He probably could. He's really caught. Him and Snead are copying them. And it's like the first... They're doing it with efficiency. It's the first time we've seen results. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still... I, I know. I know. Guaranteed there are still... Like, St. Louis fans like us, even Los Angeles fans who became St. Louis fans to be Los Angeles fans again. It doesn't feel real that we came off of a Super Bowl appearance. That really happened. Yeah, We really we went from losing the wild card around, and even that was surreal. Like, we, we won the division? Yeah. <laughs> we're making it. We're actually going to the playoffs. <laughs> we're playing in January. Really, it's what we've been waiting for for years, and we are ahead of schedule. Oh, of course. So you know, it's crazy to do a one eighty like that that fast while you still got that um. It's like I that said window, earlier. That rookie, uh, that rookie <laughs> yeah. quarterback window. It's like I told you earlier. It wasn't even a one eighty. It was a five forty. We did an extra spin in there somewhere. <laughs> pretty, we yeah, pretty we much. came out of out of nowhere so well. Um, back to free agency. Joiner, I think we'll end up getting a, a third round or fourth round comp for him. Unfortunately, yeah, there. Uh, I I heard that as well. Um, that Saffold should be a third. Saffold's probably going to end up being a fourth. Same I thing for so Joiner, because hmm. they they got to play a certain amount, right? If they play all sixteen, we're good for a third. It's it's um nah, it's how much they're paid. Um, I think it's the the lifetime of their deal. I don't think it's the annual amount. Oh, but how much they got played plus how many snaps they take. And then also we we got a tender. We got tenders out that like if if no one does anything, they just come back. We gotta pay them, right? Whatever the tender is, yeah. So um, I believe Littleton will get a. Four million dollar pay raise. He'll go from three hundred and seventy thousand dollars to four point four million. I know. I know that's eating away. Like, just <laughs> I don't know if it's eating away at Snead. Just like how we got away with that. Yeah. Just like, just give the man some money. Like, just give him a couple of mil just for the heck of it, without a contract or anything. Yeah. Just for the contribution that he did, uh, there might even be an exploit. That could uh, could be could be implemented a little bit later, um, uh, in the rules with uh, Littleton because we kind of we kind of figured that out as well. But that wasn't the reason why he was blocking stuff. He had been doing that well before he got the uh, the mic in his helmet. Mike, but yeah. this dude was literally playing starting middle linebacker, calling plays. And still playing special teams like he's a starting special teams player. And oh, still blocking for, punts. Are you ready for Mike Gate? Mike Gate, yep. Because yep. he had I, a he had a Mike helmet that was yep. still active on special teams and I don't know And when I brought that up to you, I was like, Is that 
Is that legal? I don't. I don't think it's legal defensively. But is it illegal? <laughs> I don't know. You you're yeah. allowed to have a mic person on the field, but I don't know if it's restricted uh, restricted to special teams or not. But he was on there, and sure oh, enough, he was there. Uh, either Wade or um, Bones is in his ear trying to read what the special teams is doing. Dude. Do you think that's what gave us more confidence in getting rid of Cooper? Farrell Cooper? No, it was because Cooper Cooper lost his own confidence. And then yeah. he he ended up getting the um uh the Tavon Austin complex. Yeah, this try, is all this is all hard. I got to contribute. So I gotta do something. I'm not going to get paid just by being on this team and then being released. If they look at my tape and the only thing I do is return kick, return kicks, what good am I? And he's played receiver before. And he was pretty bad at it. Yeah, it just wasn't good. So in his situation, he's trying to make the best of his kick returns, trying to be the, uh, the second or the next Devin Hester or um, Tavon Austin, trying to be the next Dante Hall. But... Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work out. Like, his frame didn't work out with him because now he he's constantly getting injured on Dallas. And then with uh, Farrell Cooper, I would have been all right with the way that he runs, put him in the backfield. Yeah, but now he's been banned to the uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, he's, he's in a retirement home. He's in the uh, graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> so, well... What what happened with Littleton or not Littleton but uh, Farrell Cooper was more of he he wanted more he wanted to do more because he knew he wasn't going to be end up being paid just by being a return specialist. Yeah. That's why JoJo Natson was so unique. Even though I I hated his frame. There's even um, he's so small. Yeah, there's even a a funny little uh, bit where he, he did a kick return against the uh, 49ers when they were in Santa Clara. Um, I I, I want to say it was the tight end he ran into, the backup tight end that they had, and he he tried to jump into him and truck him, he <laughs> did like a flip towards the sideline, and he just like immediately stopped in his tracks and yeah. f- flew on the sideline, then got up and flexed. I'm like, um, <laughs> we I might just bring it. you back just from that alone. Yeah, so I love it. He he knows how to at least. Take a loss on a kick return. If you can't field it, then get away from it. Call a poison call and just get away from it. You don't need to do anything. And I I guess they forgave him for the Eagles game because, I mean, obviously, end result is we go to the Super Bowl. Now, if he would have did that in the Super Bowl, um, he might need to leave state. Yeah, especially (laughs) the way it ended. Yeah, like if it was a situation like that where we had two minutes to go just to tie the game after playing like crap and we finally get the possession back. And you just miraculously let the ball pop from from under you. Nobody touch you. We'd be having problems. But Tavon Austin and Farrell Cooper didn't know how to take stalemates on the play. They tried to make yeah um, always any, something any anything out of anything. So yeah. even on the loss, like they were even as bad as like Tyreek Hill. But I mean, his speed makes up for. Some of the uh, mis- or mistakes, would, not mistakes, but um, cautious things he do he does like 
fielding a punt at the five when it's in the middle of the field and then running through the end zone to try to get the edge. Like, that that's crazy stuff. What do they call that? The no, 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 go, go, go? Pretty much. So, <laughs> it, JoJo might be back. Um, we'd probably get him for... Well, he's a... He's a um, uh, he's undrafted. what it's called. He's an ERFAA... Um, um, Exclusive rights free agent, which means that he can literally cannot sign anywhere. He has to come back at us, back with us for whatever the salary is. Um, and unless we cut him, he can't sign anywhere. You can't actually hit free agency as a player, restricted or otherwise, until you have so many years in, in the league. So mm-hmm. since he's got two or less years in the NFL – he can't leave anyways. He'll just come back to us for the minimum if we don't give him anything more than that. Then um, besides Sue's the only other big name we have leaving. He'll probably only get us a third or a fourth round comp pick at this point. Yeah, but also with the tenders. <laughs> oh yeah. That would have been perfect if we uh if we had an ad for chicken tenders. Yeah, yeah, would have. Corey could possibly get picked up, but we'd be crazy to let him go if we don't have a linebacker in spot and all the good possible middle linebackers that can fill his spot are gone unless we got somebody in the draft we can get. But Colts could get him. Malcolm Brown just seems like he's leaving. And I know you further uh, later on, you got something you want to talk about, at least with our running back situation there. But yeah. Malcolm Brown could get picked up as well. And I think he has a fifth round tender on him. The original round, I believe. Um, I, I From the beginning, I said he's going to go to Cincinnati. I think so, too. I think Zach Taylor would be a fool not to just go grab his old running back. At worst case, he's a change of pace to uh, uh, Mixon. Mm-hmm. And you can finally get rid of, uh, I forget his name, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, I think a, a lot of that, uh, I think a lot of that regime's going to be changing around. Uh, I'd, I'd be crazy, um, or they'd be crazy to keep perfect. Uh, I don't know why they would want to, but. I well, I told you is that's the first thing I would do if I was Zach Taylor. I'd cut or trade perfect immediately and t- tell I, everyone in the lock in that locker room, this is my team. We're gonna do it this way. But you don't want to turn in the Fisher either. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a approach to every situation, but there's also a bad one to every situation mm-hmm. as well. So. Um, Okay, Brown was an undrafted, undrafted free agent. So um, if we lose Countess, Brown, or Troy Hill, we get nothing in return because they weren't drafted. And we put the original round tender on them. So basically what we did was we said, well, let's see what teams are willing to give them and if we want to give them that much or not. Does it make any sense? Like, I, how do you put an original round tender on a player if they're undrafted? Uh, it's just all that does. It's the same thing that the Bears did last year with Cameron Meredith, 
It lets the other teams do your dirty work for you. See what they're willing to pay them. Oh, okay. The problem is, is if you get a team like the Colts that says, you know what? We like Malcolm Brown. They give him a stupid deal, a one-year, $12 million deal. Um, he's gone, and they, they don't care because they got so much cap room. And we get nothing in return. That's the only thing that sucks. But the original round tendering means we don't have to pay them as much either. So, um, I would say Morgan Fox, Kevin Peterson, Cordero Hodge, Dominic Hatfield, and JoJo are all coming. Well, they all are coming back for sure unless we cut them. Uh, Brown, Countess, and Hill are probably gone. Littleton, unless somebody wants to pay the man. Uh, luckily, they took out the poison pill in contracts. Poison pill. Yeah, so when the Vikings... Remember when the Vikings signed Stephen Hutchinson? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was a restricted free agent from the Seahawks. Well, they had Walter Jones, the all-world left tackle already. And when the Vikings signed Hutch, they put um, a clause in his contract that if he wasn't the highest-paid lineman on the team that year his contract i believe it was his contract instantly doubles and becomes fully guaranteed uh all on a one-year cap hit so if the seahawks would have matched the contract his contract would have doubled and became fully guaranteed because he made less than walter jones right Mm -hmm. so the seahawks couldn't match it was called the poison pill you're not allowed to do that anymore hmm they would set things up with restricted free agents. Like, say if uh, the say if the Colts wanted to sign Corey Littleton and they gave him a three-year, $15 million deal, they would put a clause in the contract that if there was a defensive tackle that has a contract worth over $100 million on the team, his his um, contract turns into a 10-year, $150 million deal. <laughs> Which, obviously, that means we can't match, and they get him for whatever they, they want to give him. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's. It was. I actually kind of liked when they did that because some of the poison pills were creative, <laughs> but they took that out. Um, do you have any? I. You want Clay Matthews, right? Now, the only reason that I would like Clay Matthews to come to us is it would complete my theory on the buddy system. That, oh yes. That yes. that looks like that's being implemented as like a a culture thing with the team. Um years of experience and knowledge of the game itself during whatever era that this person has came from and the team that they came from, what they uh what they what they brought to the table as an athlete can be passed down to anybody that uh um that's under them while they're playing, especially with a with a veteran who's searching for a ring. All we ask of you is just to do what you're normally doing right now. We're not trying to bring you back to your younger years or uh, what you were doing during your uh, rookie contract when you were trying to get paid. But we do want you to implement as much as you can into the, the roster spot behind you. So I... I'm assuming the buddy system was to leave with uh, uh, Peters. Mark, yeah. We Cooper didn't have a spot for everybody. safety because John Johnson was on his own. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lamarcus Joyner wasn't doing anything for uh, John Johnson. I mean, Lamarcus was pretty much new at his spot for two years. Yeah. That LaMarcus, was his second year. 
Yeah, he was only doing for LaMarcus. Yeah. And you could say Sue was for for Donald, but he was more of just um, letting out, uh, letting um, the pressure off. But still, Donald was still getting double teamed, and he was barely winning his one-on-ones as well as uh, our outside rushers before we got Fowler. Yes. So the major spot we have, the gap in that buddy system is linebacker and safety and we just filled one of them with Eric Weddle or um yeah Eric Weddle right yeah the the safety we just created the buddy system between him and John Johnson that's yeah, ironic uh Eric Berry just got cut that's yeah I know. what I was thinking about and I'm like yeah, we ain't got the money for that. <laughs> no, no. It'd be crazy. It'd be great. Well, in, it'd be great in Madden. Yeah, it'd be yeah, great in clear Madden. that cap space. <laughs> Woo! Now that's well, I brought up um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clay Matthews because I was thinking, obviously he could be had on the cheap, but what do you think about do you think justin houston you think we'd be able to lure him in for a, a cheap deal or you think he's got enough suitors that he, he'll get a nice paycheck well we gave the carrot to fowler already so we can't afford a 14 million, million no. dollar one year uh cap hit again with somebody trying to chase a ring now yeah. we could give him like it's it's unfortunate for weddle but i mean he wanted to come here, so if he would have waited like two more days, <laughs> he probably could have got like three years, like eight, oh, 30 to forty million, thirty Ooh, to forty million, or something like that. Because I mean, out of all these people that just got paid, um, yeah. Earl Thomas is thirty with uh, the same the same femur broken twice. Yep. And he got four years, uh, 55, 55 mil. So the next safety um, that's up in age is Joyner and Tyron Matthew at uh, 28 and 27, respectively, that both got 42 mil. Just Tyron Matthew got a year knocked off of his, and Joyner's at four years. Well, and Eric Weddle's, you know, 34. Kareem Jackson just got 33 mil for uh, three years, and he's 31. Yeesh. So, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, we luckily we got Weddle off of last year's safety market. Yeah, he um, <laughs> we got him for like a bag of chips. So, he wanted I, to come here, and we can get a lot out of him in knowledge. I don't know how much is necessarily left in the tank, but we're not going to ask him for a lot. We don't yeah. have that bad of a corner that's going to make him change field like like directly and moving around like McLeod. McLeod was clearing a lot of problems that was, uh, yeah, he was. That was on Janoris. the field. Between Janoris and uh, Janoris and um, Tremaine. Like, they could not play man coverage. I mean, any fan that's been around with the team for a while already knows, like, yeah, McLeod... McLeod's name is tattooed somewhere on Emmanuel Sanders. Like that never <laughs> left after that blasted hit in St. Louis. His name is somewhere on that man's like shoulder. He probably replaced his back like nameplate under his skin 
It says McLeod on the back of uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders' back. So, yeah. and everyone knows if you've watched it, if if Tremaine didn't get burnt because he had at least like a uh, five to seven yard step on him, if that yeah. would have never happened, Emmanuel wouldn't have got blasted. That ball no. would have never even went over there. Mm-mm. So we're we're not necessarily going to ask that. We're just I think we're asking of Weddle to distill as much knowledge as he has into into whoever we draft that's going to be under him because I think um, Blake Countess is gone, but we keep uh, Marquis Christian, and I believe Marquis Christian was drafted by uh, McVeigh and Snead. I believe so. So we'll probably get one more safety to sit under there and just try to study Weddle. Marquis Christian is probably going to be the rotational safety between the both of them, and John Johnson can play off of him because John plays well off of Tlaib when he's on that side, but Joyner was just having a nightmare of a time trying to play off of uh, Marcus Peters. Weddle will do that a heck of a lot more because they'll be communicating with each other. Yep, and Weddle... I don't know if we'll take the mic away from um, Littleton or not, but Weddle is the type of guy that you want to put the mic on. Yeah, he'll just like Landon. Coll- uh, uh, was Landon Collins calling plays? No, um, I don't know. Probably Tree. I think Ogletree. Yeah, was. Ogletree is probably calling plays. Uh, who has a safety calling plays? Well, last year the Eric Reed. Um. Or Eric Weddle. Yeah, but, yeah, he was calling plays, but um, I'm trying to remember. I just I remember somebody that had um, a safety call in plays uh, for their defense. But. Was it Haha the play caller in um, when he Washington? was in Washington? Uh, no, no, no. When he was in uh, Green Bay, maybe I could be off on that. It I well no Clay Matthews played edge, so I yeah, he's not. I don't even be. know who was in the middle of that. Uh, um, that's, like putting the, defense. that's like putting the mic on Donald. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, long story short, I kind of rambled off on that. But yeah. the buddy system I'm talking about with Clay Matthews being an edge is if we if we were to draft Chase Winovich, who's like the same height, possibly yeah. the same weight, and plays the but, same. But he went to a really terrible college, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah he went to a terrible college. Don't you, don't you dare talk about blue like that. Oh, Am I contradicting but, coach, who I hate and love at the same time? Uh, now, nah, Winovich is is a guy. Uh, all jokes aside, he's a guy that's got to be on the radar because he's probably going to be there. And like you said, he's the same mold. So if we could bring in a guy like um. And it's almost like I think we kind of have to bring in a Clay Matthews or, or somebody else if we draft that position because the, we dangled the carrot, the one for 14, in front of um, Dante. But I think that, that carrot that we're dangling, that's just icing on the cake. We're not going to do the buddy system with that. We don't want Dante Fowler at 25 years old having to take on the mentor, the buddy system role. No, right? no, that's for him. We need to fill exactly. that other side. And that's why we could get Clay and uh, Chase. 
and rotate them. I mean, Ibukum if we if we don't uh, put him inside, because we could see moving around it and ever and even though there might be a little bit of a panic going on with um, like all the free agents that just left us. We still got, uh, what do we have, eight draft picks? We don't have a second, but we can move around. Yeah, we got two-thirds. We don't really need that many picks altogether. Probably just about four solid ones. And you forget about all the people that we drafted last year. They were all here for this reason this year. Ogbo. um, John Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers. He started playing um, like a man possessed. Yeah, he started playing uh, playing more snaps towards the end of the year, and more than likely, I think he was going to fill in for Sue. It was going to be. Um, he might take Brocker's job. He probably will, and then we'll move someone else into that spot uh, even younger. Because I mean, we still got mm-hmm. Tanzel Smart. Oh yeah, I forgot about Smart. Although. The other free agent, like, I'd like to bring in, like, uh, if not Houston, then Clay. But if we can move some stuff around and get a little bit of cap, Timmy Jerrigan, man, I love that guy. If he could come in on a cheap deal, if we could lure him in. But other other than that, if you're really going by the uh, the um, uh, that type of mentor system or uh, mentorship. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the main one that we could probably get under everybody else's noses. The, the only reason I obviously I slay I say Clay Matthews with Chase uh, Winovich is the fact that uh, Clay Matthews went went to um, he came from USC into the league, and he's from Los Angeles, California. Yeah, but besides he, he's him, he's got a house still in Los Angeles. Yeah, besides him, Brandon Marshall is probably the next best person. The linebacker. Yeah, I mean. Well, he's not even the same. Brandon Marshall is the in the middle guy. He's gonna be buddy system with Kaiser. Yeah, so we we still need a spot for the inside linebacker, but we yeah. wouldn't really need to since they don't have to. Corey, if he comes back, the and Kaiser comes in for uh, Baron, they don't have to worry about calling plays. They just need to uh, uh, fill up their gap assignments and yep. play the play the play that it is. They don't have to worry about that because there have been situations, especially in the uh, NFC Championship and in the Super Bowl, where uh, people are still um, s- still wandering around trying to find out what the play is and getting snapped like uh, um, mid communication. It cost us a touchdown um, during the Super Bowl, and then. Um, we got bailed on a uh, on a no call due to the uh, due to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and I wanted the Super Bowl hurt yeah, because um, Littleton was like facing the wrong area, and they're like, "Yo, dude's right there," and he's like, "I'm on Gronk," and ball snapped, and Gronk went outside and just took off. And then with the NFC Championship, um, Roby Coleman was on the other side. Other side of the uh, field, trying to look for uh, for his man, and finds out that his man sitting right next to Drew Brees um, in the running back spot. I don't even think I don't even think Camaro was Camaro Ingram were even on that play. They probably weren't. I'll see what it went to him. Uh, so I mean, Q, 
communication is probably going to be the next thing that we we really need to implement rather than get, getting caught off guard trying to call plays and stuff like that offensively too and well like we were saying uh earlier especially when you want to talk offensively we're getting somebody back that's better than anyone we could sign in free agency Cooper Cup yeah, a lot of people forget about that. I, and he's I the guy about that helps. Because he, he, he's like another. No, nah, he, he's an offensive coordinator. Or, field, or, I'd even say a wide receivers coach. Yeah, and I mean, look, especially playing under McVay, I wouldn't be surprised if he got head coaching offers in the next couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. You're a player for a little bit. No, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me go yeah. into coaching. He yeah. pretty much he pretty much could, yeah. But no, he he's a guy. The buddy system it was the opposite. He was a rookie putting Sammy Watkins where he needed to go. Yeah, that now that one, that one was a gift. It was a blessing. That, that was yeah. a gift and a blessing for uh, for us because the wide receiver core was still just it was still green. Like it, we were still we were still coming off of. Um, what was our squad before that? Britt, Quick, and um, Tavon Austin. <laughs> and then, then, like, it, I know you remember the unnecessary game where Case Keenum forced the ball to Tavon Austin, what, 17 times? Yeah. He kept chucking it up to him too, chucking him up 50 50 balls to a five foot nine receiver. Maybe, yeah. So, the the receiving core was rough from that to jump to that and to have a rookie wide receiver translate plays to arguably a number one type receiver. Had already told you what type of um, what type of player he was, so yeah. it all it it all come together once we um, once we see what the OTAs and stuff look like. But um, shortly before we close this out, since we're already at a uh, pretty much at the hour mark, and talk a little bit about okay. these people that just got paid. Yeah, well, real quick before we get into that, uh, actually, I'll save it. The what I want to talk about running back, I'll save that for next one. Because we may get some uh, some movement on it. Um, who do you think got overpaid the most then? Trey Flowers, arguably. Trey Flowers, five years, ninety million. He's still only twenty six. Yeah, he's twenty six, but I mean, yeah, that ninety million. Did is he that much of an impact? This sounds like Sue. This has Sue written all over it again. But it's yeah. not as bad because Except it was for like, the Lions won't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, maybe, depending on how he is. I think um, the, the Niners paying D Ford eighty seven million was uh That was just mistake. as bad. Well, and you know it's crazy too, like if you're D Ford, on one hand, playing in Kansas City gives you a good shot at making the Super Bowl in the next few years, right? Mm-hmm. 
on one hand, you could say, well, I could take a bit of a team discount, maybe. On the other hand, they're paying Sammy Watkins $16 million a year. So you better pay me. Yeah, I, the money's just, the money went around. He Perfect timing. Yeah. It was perfect timing, and Kansas City set him up for success. Yeah. They thanked him for what he did. And I traded mean, him. Got a second round pick. Got a second round pick, and he got paid. So mm-hmm. it's a win win on their, on their part. I don't know so much for Justin Houston. It was a little bit messed up what happened to him. Same thing for Eric Berry, all the crap that he fought through. Well, um, Justin Houston, I mean, he hasn't even played a full injury free season since 2014. Yeah. So, I mean. No, so the 49ers have uh, Juan Alexander. Quan. Um, Quan. They uh, they overpaid him too, but they could get out of that after I think the first year. Yeah. So, uh, Landon Collins getting paid that much for a safety? Woo! That's a lot of money. Six years, eighty-four mil. C.J. Mosley only got five. Well, yeah, he got a lot of money, and he's actually worth that. C.J. or Landon? Uh, C.J. Landon, I. That's not, that's got like divisional sabotage like all over it, and it, there's even I, I don't know if I had already said it at the beginning of the podcast or not, but um, he's wearing 21. Oh yeah, that was off air when we talked about that. He's I, I'm surprised the Redskins didn't even um, retire that number. I can't believe they didn't either after everything and how. Um how much Sean Taylor's meant to um, not just the organization, but the community there. Yeah. How f- how fondly, not just Redskins fans, but NFL fans speak of Sean Taylor when we look back at his his career or his life. Uh, I almost can't believe they didn't retire that number either. It's baffling. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, numbers really don't pop up until, what, after the draft? After everybody's been picked, so yeah, he might not even yeah. wear it. They might not. He, even, he may be just acting a fool. Yeah, and then you know, um, I I don't know if there's you there's a website you saw, but I'm having a hard time seeing where the each year's cap hit is for all these these new contracts because that's really what's going to matter the most. Mm-hmm. How the cap hit breaks down and what the dead money is. Like Le'Veon Bell, his contract. Uh, he just wanted it, out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, even with Gurley maybe having a bum knee, I'd rather have Gurley than Bell at that rate, mm-hmm. 100%. So, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. So, you think, uh, yeah, Trey Flowers, I didn't know he got 90. There's a, a lot of money, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, Anthony Barr pulled a, um, yeah, uh, pulled he did. a, Josh, he pulled a Josh McDaniels. So. Yeah, Actually, I did. I didn't realize. I thought they had gotten both of them. That's why I thought the Jets were just throwing money around like they were. Oh, you thought they got C.J. Mosley and Anthony Barr? Yeah, for that much money. And then I look and gotcha. I see that uh, Anthony Barr went back to Minnesota, and I didn't even realize what happened. He just he was like, <laughs> "Is the money really worth it to be with this team?" And apparently, he said it felt like marrying the wrong woman. And I'm like. Okay. Except, except for the team's paying you alimony. <laughs> you know? It, it didn't make any sense, but he opened up the door for getting C.J. Mosley. And I yeah. can only imagine if 
the Jets didn't grab C.J. Mosley, would he have went back to Baltimore? Well, would that have closed Baltimore's door on Earl Thomas? I mean, that that one decision triggered a lot of things. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then uh, me and you were so off on thinking that we might be able to get uh, C.J. on a, on a on one-year, a one-year deal. deal. No, we were yeah, going to we get that man. so off. <laughs> oh, dang. I'd figured he'd be top anyway, but it it was just he's what is he from Alabama anyway? Yeah, there was no way he was going to Los Angeles to, no. to play unless we were giving them like that type of money. Yeah, Clay we could see because he's a LA guy. He SC, you know, he made terrible decisions. Frank Reich and um, whoever uh, whoever's the GM for the Colts. They about to throw a monkey wrench in all of this. I could just feel it. You're waiting. <laughs> I mean, I could just feel it. There's no way you sit on all that cap room, yeah, and do nothing. Well, maybe they'll pay Sue and give us that third round comp. I, I hope so. I mean, what do they have? All right. So as of right now, as of exactly right now today, um. The the Colts have ninety two mil in cap space, and they're um. It's not like they have a bunch of um. Of uh, draft picks, they got to pay or anything. Like it's just, I don't know what they're doing. The Jets still have seventy three, so they I can, know isn't that nuts? They could go wild. They the Raiders had got forty five after Antonio Brown. No. Cincinnati's sitting uh sitting at forty two and I mean yeah, but they we gotta spend. be at the bottom. we're at the bottom. Are we the last? No, we're right under the Patriots by just uh by six okay, sixteen must, or um one point six mil. We're at eight I must, I must be on the wrong I'm looking where we got we're under the Steelers, but underneath us is the Vikings and the Falcons. I'm on over the cap. They might be updated a lot more than where uh, where I'm at. Okay. Yeah, we're at 8.7 on this, and the Patriots are at 12.4 on this one. Um, but our 2020 cap space is looking beautiful. $93 million in cap for 2020. The Cowboys is about to have $124 million in cap. Ooh, Dak finna get paid. Dak about to the get Ravens. paid. Jason the Seahawks are going to have boot. Ooh, the Patriots are gonna have 105 million in cap. Who are they losing? Everybody. Probably Bill. Hopefully. It's <laughs> a lot. Wait, let me see how much cap room they got. Well, for 2020, I skipped ahead a year. Yeah. And they're uh, assuming that the cap will be 200 200 million. So yeah, that's all that's gone so far necessarily. I mean, nobody's really picked. Uh, they tried to pick our coaching staff, but, but they all all they were able to get was um, just our quarterbacks coach. So that that's actually well, pretty interesting because um, there are two moves that no one's necessarily talking about. That's in the back of my mind. Um, we got a new D line coach from the Chargers who's our actual D-line coach, but our old D-line coach is, we don't know where he went. And I'm under the impression that he might be our new defensive coordinator. After Wade? After Wade decides to take off. 
So you don't think they're setting up Wes Phillips to be his uh, father's replacement? No, because he's a tight ends coach. Yeah, but that don't. Wes is probably. I mean, if you if you want to take it as a succession plan, you can. But I mean, he could just be throwing his son a bone. Like, hey, just come on here, uh, be a tight ends coach for a little bit, and yeah, and um, you know he you about to get a whole bunch. You about to get a whole bunch of phone calls after this because. Uh, you're under yeah. McVay's staff. And McVay was what in Washington before offensive coordinator? Tight ends coach. So, exactly. Um, also with him, I don't know what happened to Jed Fish. Where'd he go? Yeah. It's just all quiet, huh? Yeah. It, and it seemed like Cliff, um, Cliff was going to take Jed Fish spot. He wasn't going to be on the team really doing anything, but he was going to be um, – uh, it, literally, he was going to have Cliff on the team as an intern just to find out what coaching was all about. And then maybe he'd get a position with us. Um, I really want to know more about the dude uh, who's our quarterback's coach who came from uh, PFF. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, because you're talking about a lot of analytical data with somebody that's just been staring at numbers and tape for years. As well as, uh, I think he has his own quarterback camp. And then, uh, didn't we just sign a uh, a quarterback that recently retired to be our coach? One of our coaches. Um, mm, why does that sound familiar? I, oh man, you know, I like, might be off on. Yeah, it. I was saying, unless you're talking about Dan Orlovsky, but um. Aside from costing McRoberts a roster spot, uh, he's he's an analysis. Yeah, no, it was someone we. I could have swore we just brought somebody in as a as a coach. Those are the only three who popped but, up. Yeah. Was um, I'm probably off on it. Probably reading something else. Was uh Wes um, uh Zach uh, what's his name? Zach Williams. And I don't remember the tight end co- or not the uh, tight end coach, but um, linebacker coach's name. So those are the only three that that have came into the staff, and we, we still have yet to see uh, what else is going to happen in free agency because we're at that period. Like everybody who made their moves made their moves during the legal tampering period before the new year even started, and everybody already knew if you don't. If you don't make these phone calls and pay this money now, you're probably not going to get another chance to. Because I mean, it, it's kind of funny because you did, you saw what happened with the uh, with the Packers, right? Oh, I with forgot. I forgot Cleveland got Sheldon Richardson. Did you? Mm-hmm. Um, they almost got Earl too. There was um, there was rumors. Yeah, but I don't I don't know how. Uh, how solid those rumors actually were. Like, even if uh, yeah, he was close. I mean, he was close, so he had to have been in the area, and then uh, the Ravens may have called him up. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, Adrian Amos. He's a Packer, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Packers picked him up. And then, uh, and then Chicago goes and uh, grabs Clinton. Oh, did they? Yeah. They grabbed Ha-Ha? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, well, Amos is better than Haha. Well, of course, but I'm I'm just so, saying, like, 
Well, the Packers are actually doing some stuff. They signed Zadarius Smith. They're actually the setting up the defense. Well, they're taking uh, uh, the coach, uh, Turbo Set, our, our guy. Turbo Set, um, yeah. Matt LaFleur. Uh, the LaFleur is using – he's doing what McVay did in Los Angeles, and he's trying to implement it over there. How about that? Mm. Um, they signed Preston Smith from the uh, – what I like about what the Packers are doing is the Zadarius and Preston are only 26 years old. You know, Adrian Amos, 26 years old. They're not going out. Clinton Dix is 26 to... years old, and they got him for like a bag of chips. Three point, well, 3.5 million is a, is, is a lot of money for a bag of chips. But you know what I mean. That's some, some bomb chips. <laughs> <laughs> the, bag, but, uh, hey, the bag never empties. Hey, <laughs> wait, it, wait, wait. Ain't no air? Is it a full bag of chips? <laughs> it's, a full, <laughs> it's a full bag of chips. You may actually crush some oh, chips no. trying to open the bag. <laughs> That's the signing bonus, dog. Oh. Wait, uh, why would they do that? You know what? That might feed into your theory. Oh, wow. whoa, yeah, that. Good boss. That really is going to uh, follow into your theory. Um. Chicago picked uh, uh, picked up Mike Davis for two years. Oh, I know they did six mil, yeah. and they have Cordero yeah. Patterson yeah. for two years, ten mil. Yeah, it's happening, dog. I just hope we make the phone call. We should. Uh, hopefully, it happens before uh, next week, and um, yeah. we could talk about it. I just I need Jordan Howard in our team. Tavon Austin not available. <laughs> yeah, I bet he is. I bet he is. <laughs> All right, well, we're at the point where we're rambling on. We got our thing in. Um, any last words for the rambling members out there? Not much. I mean, we're not really going to do anything. It's almost like it's just a, a waiting contest between um, uh, the Colts, us, and the Patriots. And the only ones that are necessarily scary are the Colts because if we – I, I swear to you, they're waiting for us to make moves and then just going to throw money at it. And it's going to make me mad, but I have to respect it because it's a, it's a good it's strategy. Awesome. Oh, yeah. you're trying to make moves? We'll throw some money at it. Oh, you trying to yep. make some moves, Bill? We'll throw some money at that, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a way to, to really get underneath some of these teams. <laughs> Yeah, if you really want payback with the Patriots, you're probably just waiting for them. So, yeah. cross your fingers. All right, well, this has been the We Not Me podcast. Uh, Rambling on three. Yep. One, two, three. Rambling. Rambling. <laughs>